0: hello and welcome back to another episode of adventures in movies where we talk about the indie and genre films you've never heard of the ones you can't hear enough about and the ones you never want to hear about again my name is nathaniel mir and i'm the movie editor at aipt joining me on these ongoing adventures is the host who still does not know who olivia rodrigo is (laughs) that's so funny because it's so true
1: I just saw her name pop up again. So I have since then I've asked other people and like, I'm kind of getting like some people kind of know who she is. Other people have no idea. So I'm not the only one
0: who doesn't know who she is. And I know you didn't either. Well, you know what's funny, like um, when I'm editing the episodes together and I'm like kind of kind of figuring out what I'm going to joke about, like on the next episode,
2: mm-hmm. um,
0: I knew like the second last week we started talking about Olivia Rodrigo, I was like, okay, that for sure is going to be some sort of <laughs> joke next week. And then as I was writing it down a few days later, because uh, I, I can't remember from one week to the next, I, I tried that and I forget. So as I, I was writing it down, I was like, Olivia Dio, uh, Olivia, <laughs> Dio, Olivia, Olivia Rodriguez. I, <laughs> I, I had to Google it. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Uh, you know that's on me because I I, I cut it off the show. But uh, Danny was actually gonna explain to us who she was, and I was like, no, nah, cool, that's okay. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I probably should have let him, and I wouldn't have had that
1: problem. <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee his description would have been memorable.
0: <laughs> you know what that is very true <laughs> i would not have forgotten her name if i had nope. let him explain it no nope. uh, um it's uh it's festival season um yeah. film festival season so the Cannes film festival is back uh it was actually it went on last year like though other places weren't doing it um the year before i think they canceled it pretty quickly um so the can film festival is that's the i i guess that's the big that's the fabulous one right
1: yeah when i think of can's i think of like yeah it's it's like the real uh snazzy
0: fancy pants one i think of like people dressed in tuxedos yeah, like glamorous tuxedos,
1: champagne plunging necklines
0: yeah the, the french riviera french riviera uh, yes exactly uh very very um, i imagine even for press the dress code is very strict. Yes, uh, yes. But Wes uh, Anderson always looking impeccable. <laughs> this is true. I prefer his brother Paul. <laughs> Paul
2: uh, <laughs> <I'll tell you. laughs>
0: I'm going to go on record and say it right now. I don't think this is, this is not a hot tea. Licorice pizza is way better than the French dispatch. Like, Oh, Harrison. have you seen licorice pizza yet?
1: I haven't, you know, I, I watched the trailer for it the other day and I'm, I'm actually pretty intrigued. It actually looks pretty great.
0: Well, and you're a fan of his movies anyways, aren't you? I, yeah, I am. I, yeah. I don't know why it, I didn't think I wouldn't like it. I hate cause the name. The, <laughs> I was going to say, because the name. <laughs> like, yeah. So if if you like him and you'll, you'll definitely like this movie, and even if you've never seen a movie from him, it's, definitely worth seeing it's one of those movies where people had like people get really uptight over a really stupid aspect of it like Mm. basically a 15 year old boy has a crush on a 27 year old woman and people were like certain people were Mm. aghast at this so I watched the movie and you know that part didn't bother me at all I will say that um, I thought that Nightmare Alley was better and Coda I thought was better Licorice Pizza has a very very uncool ending I thought but
3: which oh, the really? oscars
0: actually ruined they i mean oh they're really they straight up put it on there like no, there man. was no context to it but if you like when i was watching it, i was I like didn't watch it. <laughs> i was watching i was like why the hell would they do that like i mean they they didn't they played the audio but still uh, you know like it kind of was it's like maybe the most important part of the movie so it's wow. kind of a, a very weird thing to do but um great movie lovely movie like and he's a great director it's a great story well acted i wasn't really cool with the ending but i wasn't like disgusted or anything i was just like "Eh, that was kind of a weird way to go with it (laughs) Uh, but uh anyhow so cans like seems very even though sundance is the like super artsy festival cans always seems really fancy schmancy to me yeah like really really weird to me that after many many years top gun maverick making its world premiere and it's at can that is so weird (laughs) that is is so weird
1: you know i just watched the uh i just saw the trailer for it uh like the new big theatrical trailer for it uh like a week or two ago and i'm not gonna lie it it looks kind of cool i mean if you like top gun this is more
0: top gun (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't without the volleyball i bet (laughs)
1: No, but there's already a cool uh, uh, Val Kilmer cameo, so to speak, in in the trailer. Um, so I, I'm I I know for a fact because they already they reference like three things from the original movie in the trailer alone. So I'm like, this is just gonna be like callback city. So you know they're gonna reference the volleyball scene. I bet there's like this super rad picture of them all shirtless, like hanging out together, like like they're like, yeah, remember that day? Yeah, we sure were hot.
0: <laughs> you know what it is? It's gonna be people. Doing volleyball and they will be topless, but it will be on the Wii Sports.
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
0: that, that's gonna be their modern. Uh, yeah, VR, it.
1: VR. It'll be like yeah, whatever, one of those things. yeah VR, And it
0: will be pretty funny. And you know what else they're doing along with Top Gun Maverick? They're doing like a career retrospective of Tom Cruise.
1: He's such a fucking enigma, man. Like he, he's like I feel like he's universally hated, but he's still wildly successful. <laughs> like it's so, he's had such a weird like career in life.
0: It's, it's a really weird thing weird. with him because he has like top gun like crazy action movie uh, yeah. the mission impossible movies so that and some of those movies are excellent. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah.
1: Jeremy McGuire Maguire, he's like a good ass actor in that movie like you
0: know, the, and and then uh, what born on the 4th of July. Born uber on the fourth series of July. movie Yeah. Yeah. And he's then you got stuff like, like the outsiders. Sure. Yeah, Magnolia where Magnolia it's, like, incredibly weird but cool. Which is uh, Paul Thomas Anderson, right? You right. Yeah, so kind of going back to that but yeah magnolia where he plays this crazy womanizer motivational speaker type thing like
1: yeah i mean and he's like he's gone through like he can also like take a crack out of him himself and make fun of himself a little bit like try like to it's a tropic thunder or whatever he's like this really bizarre character in prosthetics like he's such an interesting weird dude and the Scientology, you know i mean That's the whole thing that kind of, you know, it's the turn and the punch bowl with him. But as a career goes, very few actors have had the career that he's had.
0: Yeah, because like, even, because everyone seems to have their peaks and valleys in regards to the box office. And he did have a point where he, kind of drunk I think he did like, but yes what say when though like, I, that's what I'm trying to think like but I, I there must have been a time where he wasn't as relevant but I can't figure it out I like, think
1: I think it's now dude I think that now we're in the time where Tom Cruise is is not so relevant like I he's 60 years old I think he's doing another Mission Impossible movie yeah um you know and and like he, I think he kind of like there were some roles he shouldn't have done like Jack Reacher like Reacher he shouldn't have played that role like that was
0: who <laughs> like, made so much fun of him
1: yeah well it's kind of hilarious that he was chosen to but like you know name power or whatever but um yeah you know so yeah i think we're kind of living in the now with him being kind of but like if you see the trailer for top gun the fucking guy doesn't look like he's aged a day
0: no he's looked the same for the past like 20 years at least yeah because he did age from like yeah. cocktail to sure. <laughs> but but since I would say probably the first Mission Impossible movie, and that yeah. was way back when that was like 25 years ago, <laughs> which is incredible, which is the craziest okay. thing. Uh, I would I think and I don't know, but I would say that his box office low, and even then, these are I think these did very well, are like Magnolia and Vanilla Sky. Like,
1: yeah, but like yeah. people fucking love those movies. Yeah. They have they have cult followings. Like, I don't personally like vanilla sky, I know a lot of people who do. I I don't like that movie very much yeah that maybe so because he he did he kind of started doing like really weird shit like I really wish Eyes Wide Shut would have been like a better movie because that was like I think him trying to be like hey I'm gonna be avant-garde I want to be in a David Lynch movie next kind of shit but that movie had such a poor reception that I think he kind of backed out of it for a little while and then you saw him doing that again in like the mid to late 2000s and yeah maybe that was maybe that was his lowest point I guess but
0: I'm thinking, but even then because, well, Eyes Wide Shut is a unique thing because it's when he was still married to Nicole Kidman and it was a Kubrick movie and Kubrick died shortly after it came out or right before it came out, I think. I think during the filming of it. Yeah, it might have been, you're right, during the filming even. So that one had a lot of buzz to it even though it's probably box office wise, it's probably low on the Tom Cruise scale but his movies make so much money and they're iconic. Oh, yeah, I mean to this
1: day, I think you're you know, like you'll talk to a lot of like you know ladies of a certain age, and they're gonna tell you that Tom Cruise was like the biggest hunk. You know, he he just had like this super draw. You know, and I, I feel like it's weird because you got people have to know what a fucking crazy Scientologist weirdo he is, but like that seems to have no effect on this box office thing, unless there's just way more Scientologists than I realize
0: than we realize. <laughs> yeah. He's responsible for, like, before there was Top Gun um, and the Mission Impossible movies for the younger age. Oh. I mean, the risky business scene where the Dude. old-time rock and roll was parodied yeah. so much.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, if if I really think of, like, the actors I remember growing up, I mean, it's, like, Michael J. Fox and Tom Cruise. Like, those are the guys right. I remember being in stuff in the 80s. It was weird because, like, he, it almost, like, he he took, like, he was being typecast, kind of. I, it's kind of incredible because some guys just kind of lean into it you know it's val kilmer kind of did the same thing he kind of worked against typecast for a while and it worked to 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 a great effect you know he did some really great stuff in that yeah. and so so is Tom Cruise man say what you want about the guy like I when you see him in a movie like you never go like well Tom Cruise was the weakest part of that
0: that's true that's a very good point and Tom Cruise you're he's been around like literally my whole life Tom Cruise right. has been a part yeah. of my film going and I mean I've seen people come and go like Arnold Schwarzenegger was huge but not around anymore yeah. Sylvester Stallone, Stallone Harrison yeah. Ford like these yeah. people mel gibson these people were huge bruce willis like yep and Man, mel bruce. gibson
1: was like one of the guys i would have said would have never dropped off like one of those like american like actor icon guys that's like tom hanks like you would have never thought like tom hanks is still like totally relevant anytime tom hanks does anything people want to see it that's the same way with old tommy's and so like you can probably not can't even name five actors or actresses that have had that kind of staying power. I mean, no,
0: he's like when people talk about putting like you know a Mount Rushmore of whatever, the quarterbacks or actors or whatever. No, yeah. He deserves to be on it. Like he might not have the most Oscar nominations or critically acclaimed films, but just for staying power and making money, which is the most important thing in Hollywood, no. he has to be on that mountain.
1: I will know by the end of this podcast what his like, what his gross box office total is. You, it's, <laughs> and it's going to be
0: all of Eastern Europe. <laughs> it's going to be a ridiculous number. Um, and here's the funniest thing. Oh, we spent a good amount of time beating on about Tom Cruise. Neither of us are the large, biggest Tom Cruise fan. know <laughs> <We just laughs> i have seen so many of his movies and, and fun ones and good ones.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, okay, I got it right here. So he is responsible for roughly $4 billion worth of box office total. That is crazy.
0: He's like by himself, he's like what a few Avengers movies,
1: (laughs) yeah. That is 30, 39 leading role credits, and and, and just the 3.4 billion just by
0: that, man. And and the low point of his career, I I would say, if you can maybe cocktail, but you still got Kokomo out of that, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's right. I mean. And then he was, that's when he was being serious with like Rain Man, but that's an Academy Award nominated film. So yep. and, and that was parodied as recently as The Hangover 1 or 2 I think. Like,
2: <laughs> definitely, definitely, definitely. <laughs> like,
0: It's nuts and here's a really funny thing going on at Cannes. Yeah, we're, we're going on about Tom Cruise, but then yeah. there's going to be a David Lynch movie and oh, <laughs> I David love David Lynch Part Ten, wooks going to be there. Old Boy is my absolute favorite movie. Yeah. And then Cronenberg and we both love body horror. Yeah. No, no, uh, he's gone away from that for quite a while. But I but, mean, but still still Cronenberg and you're going we're going to pay
1: attention to it. Yeah, I'm more excited about this David Lynch thing. When was the last time he did anything? Was it Inland Empire?
0: inland empire yeah
1: which was man was. a decade ago at least yeah
0: very very long time ago uh this one they're hyping up as a secret film like no one knew he was working on it um laura dern is in it and a bunch of course of, of course <laughs> here's the funny thing laura dern and a bunch of lynch regulars are in it. So. oh so, dude that,
1: i need nick cage, Kyle to come Lachlan, back. Nick cage maybe Whoa. willem Defoe.
0: So CADS is shaping up. And then there's just the normal hoopla and stuff that's, I mean, that's just the stuff that I saw that was most interesting to me, but I'm sure there's going to be a lot of neat stuff coming up uh, out of there. But those are the things that I'm looking forward yeah. to the most about, I don't know, six months ago, close to a year ago, uh, definitely on our best of 2021 podcast. Have, if you have a chance, go back and listen to it because uh, it's awesome. We give you a roadmap of what to watch last year. One of the things we talked about um, was uh, the sadness. And mm-hmm. the effect that that had on us. That's coming to Shudder in, gosh, about a month. May the 12th, I believe.
1: I had wondered what kind of happened to this movie, to be honest with you. Um, it's got one of those titles that does not jive with my memory of it. Because yeah. when we were talking about it earlier, I was like, "What movie? And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I never heard anything about it after we did our our little episode. So, yeah, I'm stoked. It's such a fucking twisted, fucked up movie. And, uh, yeah, I think Shudder fans are going to really enjoy it
0: yeah it's it's a good one like it had an, it had an incredible festival run like fantasia it won i think uh for best film there and wow. played that fantastic fest and won the audience award and then it won the uh jury prize for like best horror picture or something like that yeah. it's really strong word of mouth um uh the press release for it that uh, amc sent out is i think i, I mean that i've seen it's probably the longest I've ever seen for a single movie. I mean, they were just absolutely gushing about this movie, um, talking about how it was getting trigger warnings at Genre Fest. And the one of the programmers at Shutter was saying that um, it's, you know, the boldest and bloodiest movie that's ever come to the Shutter library. And they know that it's going to find it, uh, uh, a lot of fans on the service. And even the director who <laughs> you pointed out, I remember, was just, Some dude from Canada, the uh, director said it's, you know, he never even thought it was going to happen. Like he thought he would, he made this crazy film and, you know, would play the festivals and that would be that. Even though there's nothing outstanding, like story-wise, character-wise, it, this movie absolutely stuck with it. Like from after I saw it the first time, I was like, just, amazed. I, I couldn't stop thinking about it for like a week or two. Yeah. And I saw it again and I just thought like, man, this is easily one of my favorite movies of 2021
1: yeah super cool movie um we don't get a lot of zombie flicks anymore or any nothing that hits the that pings the radar man what a what a what a take and uh yeah i think it's still going to be rather divisive i think some people are going to be really off put by, by some of the shit that happens in that movie but super cool and what what i will say though is i i really hope it, this opens the door for for this director and filmmakers but like him that you know that get a get a shot to, to do some more stuff you know maybe this guy's got you know can do some
0: really great stuff with with the exposure that he's getting so that's that's really what i hope people talk about taking risks and everything and viscerally <laughs> like there's some crazy things going on story-wise he keeps it it's a very simple story he doesn't oh. go out there with it which that's kind of been a running theme the past few weeks for us like sometimes you keep your horror simple and to the point and people yeah. appreciate it a lot more <laughs> Our first movie this week, uh, it actually came out last year um, in other parts of the world, but it's making its uh, United States debut. Uh, it's called Wormwood Apocalypse. Uh, it takes place in Australia. It's zombie infested, and it's about a soldier who's been capturing um, civilians and turning them over to the military in order to, he thinks, find a cure. Uh, turns out that the military is up to things that are a little more sadistic than what he initially <laughs> thought. <laughs> so, um, Warmwood Apocalypse, and I, I am so sorry. I didn't realize this was a sequel. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> like I was watching it, and like, <laughs> uh, I, I like as we are watching, there's a part where, um, oh, it's the twin brother thing, and a oh. spoil, spoiler alert. Like we won't ruin anybody's enjoyment of it. You can watch this. You can go and stream it right now, but uh, we won't ruin your enjoyment. But we'll talk about some things about it. But. He mentions, like, hey, didn't we kill you before? He's like, that was my twin brother. That was my twin brother.
1: It's actually kind of coming back to me. I think I've seen, is the other one just called Wormwood?
0: It, it's called Wormwood, like, Road to Vengeance or something like that. Okay.
1: Okay. Because, yeah, that seems like something
0: I actually did watch now. Then you mentioned that. Huh. Wow. It actually has a very <laughs> interesting story uh, about how it was. So the uh, the movie was written and directed by a pair of brothers, I believe. And um, uh, yes. they were working just, you know, regular nine to five okay. jobs. And they were making the original Warmwood movie during the weekends. Took them a while, but they eventually got done. They got out there. It ended up getting pirated a lot, but that led to word of mouth. It premiered at Fantastic Fest and uh, they were able to get a sequel out of it a few years later. Okay, well, good for them. Shit, they yeah, did that. it the old fashioned way. That's <laughs> a very grassroots thing. But yes. uh, Wormwood Apocalypse. <clears throat> this movie, it, it's a zombie movie and I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of zombie movies after talking about how much I love the <laughs> Um So this movie, you know, it had a weird tone to it. Like it took mm-hmm. me a while. To, and now that I'm thinking about it, I'm not still sure. Is it supposed to be like a comedy horror? Ah, uh, that's a great question. You know what? It so I don't know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but what it did remind me of in tone was a like a mid-tier video game. You know, you know how like those things get written to where they're like they try to be real edgy and hard, and they, their visuals are kind of cool, but the story is kind of lame, <laughs> and they yeah. they try to make it like they try to make up for it for being kind of kind of jokey the entire time and i and i got the same vibe from this because yeah i don't know i don't think it was like i don't think you would ever see this described as like a horror comedy because this was right. I this was much more of like a horror action movie i guess for all for all the seriousness of what they're trying to deal with and shit there's there's definitely some like lighthearted moments in it
0: yeah, there's a lot of like even um, there's the the main character there's a, like a gun that he always uses like <laughs> basically yeah. just and it seems I think it literally says the wax stick it's written on the side <laughs> yeah. of it and, uh, and at first I was like wow that's a pretty amazing little tool that he's invented and then after like the tenth or eleventh time he's used it and it's basically like uh like that scene of Maxim overdrive where it's just shooting the aluminum can the cans of soda out yeah right uh, after like the 10th or 11th time i was like they have to be doing this for jokes because it's kind of it's <laughs> it, it's really cool I, I didn't like it but i was like eh, they're kind of running it into the ground here but
1: it does kind of make like a pathunk, like potato gun kind of sound so Yeah, it mean, it's, so like, and it does kind of blow you back in like a very comic fashion like you're i mean it that was i yeah they had to be doing that for for comic effect
0: because it was kind of stupid And uh, you bring up a really good point about the like not marketing it as a comedy horror because everything I've seen about it, not comedy horror. One thing I see constantly though is gory, and it kind of goes to what you were describing, like you know, edgy video game. No, no Mm -hmm. development to the story. Like this movie, like it goes all in on the gore.
1: Yeah, no, and I thought that the uh, I thought the gore was like pretty cool, like in that kind of like video gamey kind of color palette and setting and. And like kind of over the t- every every character in this movie is over the top, yep. and, yeah, like bigger than shit. And even like the guards, like who are going to be dead in thirty seconds, have like some quip that they shouldn't have normally. Yeah, flipped. flipping people, off, people <laughs> yeah, off, yeah, being an asshole in general. So it like it played up into like being like the gore. While the gore was like. Had this been, like, a more seriously toned thing, the gore would have been more effective. But it's got this kind of goofy, almost, like, I don't want to say trauma, but, like, it's got this, like, yeah, it's kind of, like, there's there's some of the comedy, I think, actually comes from some of the gore that you see.
0: Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Like, uh, I, I like the gore. Um, yeah, if it were more serious, it definitely would have been more more effective. Like, in this case, when it happened, it's, like, a it's kind of like Psycho Warman. Like, you yeah. see that it's really funny um yeah. now this isn't on the same level as psycho but <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, no but uh it's and it's really colorful too that's it is thing. it's very bright very colorful. i um i like what they do with the zombies how they have like the they're, they're, they're kicking the dragon breath
1: yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah i thought that was super cool
0: i thought that was cool too and
1: like uh i thought that was actually going to play into like them it was like spores or something maybe but no it's just because i think they stink
0: they stink and I, I think he's using it for fuel for his
1: car. oh maybe? okay let's talk about this dude he not only does he power his entire homestead with zombies yes he's got like a fucking mad max style fucking road cruiser that he plugs fucking zombies into these like two battery things and <laughs> f- force feeds them meat and then he can like haul ass around the outback it's fucking incredible
0: It's pretty wild stuff like and and you mentioned uh, the homestead and then plus this, like the military is doing their things. (laughs) I I don't think I've ever seen a movie Now I've seen zombies experimented on things like that. I don't think I've ever seen a movie where zombies have been tortured so much. (laughs) No, I thought the same thing i was like man like
1: if you're if there was gonna be like everybody's like cancel culture for like how you treated zombies like this movie is the poster child because they just fucking and when they're when they're used up they just shoot them
0: in the head (laughs) yeah they're they're just done yeah you're right like if if zombies ever find that one person to speak for them yeah the public enemy number one exactly They're used as a uh, di- diversionary tactic. <laughs>
1: diversionary <laughs> tactics, they're. I think they're literally grinding up zombies. And, well, I guess I should say that. So the, not, that's a spoiler. <laughs>
0: they're doing some pretty uh, creative and wild things. Yeah, <laughs> zombies. The with zombies. they also like to go with the aesthetic and the colors of it. Uh, yeah. they had some, uh, some really cool armor in this movie.
1: Also. Oh, yeah, I'm so glad you said that. Yeah. Uh, super cool um also reminded me of like video game shit so it's like you're like each guy had their like their sinister fucking post-apocalyptic look like the first time they have that uh he and uh oh what's her name the the sister uh the max maxi uh oh yeah max maxi and i
0: forgot the
1: other yeah i can't remember the other one but like he he has his first like throwdown with uh with one of the two and she, like, comes boiling out with, like, this super cool mask looking all sinister and stuff. So, yeah, yeah the, the armor was cool. The There was, like, these other, like, there was just, like, lots of weird tech. Like, there's this, there's this, like, pulse gun thing. There's, like, a fucking grenade launcher that he's got, like, it's, like not, it's not such a bad grenade launcher, it kind of just knocks your car over. Yeah, there's, like, cool shit in this movie. Like, there's lots of, like, neat little little items.
0: Yeah, and then also really, like you mentioned, over-the-top characters that Conversely, have no development, but they, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but they make up for it. Um, cool names, like uh, one of the military, the scientists, I believe his name is just the Surgeon General.
1: Yes, the Surgeon General,
0: <laughs> which is really, really awesome. Like, I. I Let's <laughs> not
1: forget Keith Head Boom.
0: <laughs> yeah, Keith, <laughs> yeah. Just, so, some really cool things going on, and then uh, a point we made last week was in a lot of exploitation in Australian movies. They love their cars. We get it oh, yeah. again in this one.
1: Yeah, I, I I love it when like there's like obviously like this Aussie thing, and they just like yeah, you know what? We're gonna just throw a dash of Mad Max in here because like I'm i never really gonna be disappointed in that. And there's there's definitely a touch of that in this uh, again. Like the cars look cool. They're powered by zombies somehow.
0: <laughs> It's 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 really cool because you went and, and we're both kind of like yeah somehow the zombies make it work. Yeah. Uh, this movie it it's to the point. It doesn't beat around the bush in regards to to story. it's just no. it gets you from point A to point Z as a zombie, <laughs> <laughs> and like that's it. it it's straight to the point. And uh, I re- this kind of movie when it's this over the top, this much gore, I really like that they didn't bother with any like deeper layers oh
1: no i mean the only layer that there really is is like somehow there's these zombies that can like mind control other
0: zombies yeah yeah that was kind of a weird little thing they threw in there
1: (laughs) yeah and it's like okay like all right whatever cool like let's just do a bunch of random zombie shit and like you're like the one thing is like i don't know the zombies in this movie were like this in some way it's like some of the least threatening zombies ever because like they're almost never a problem for the people that are de-
0: dealing with them. No, they they toy with them a lot. Yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah, they
1: literally like hunt them, like c- call them out.
0: It's uh, it's kind of like I mean, if this movie was going for a deeper message, and who knows, maybe it was, but this is kind of one of those like, uh, man is the most dangerous animal, yes, uh, exactly. like that sort of thing. Uh, I don't think that's what it's going for, but like you could definitely yeah. get that message from it. This this movie we talked about how it's a, a sequel. It seems like the end is setting up for more adventures in the oh, Wormwood universe. Yes. Would that uh, is for sure? Would you be down to see more of the the Wormwood <laughs> group? Yeah. Oh yeah. This this this
1: uh this this had enough going on. That if I ever do see another wormwood with some something else after that as the title, I will I'll be paying attention to it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. This is uh uh daddy's talked about how he likes to put on movies when he's drawing, like where everyone has background movies and stuff. Uh-huh. This is, yeah, this is like a really good candidate for that. So Oh yeah. Uh, Wormwood, it's out on video demand right now. Uh, C or no C, Wormwood with a Y, Apocalypse. <laughs> yes, Wormwood with a
1: Y, Apocalypse. Yeah, you gotta see this crazy movie. Uh, don't expect much at all, but uh, I think you're gonna have some fun. Yeah, this
0: is just a fun zombie movie. Like, um, zombies are an incredibly popular subgenre. This kind of movie is one of the reasons why it's uh, To like Blake said, this is Maybe the least threatening zombies you'll ever see. But it's also one of the most fun zombie movies you'll ever watch. The Cellar just made its premiere on Shudder and in theaters. It made its world premiere at South by Southwest over the spring. We have an interview with week, this week with stars uh, Elisha Cuthbert, Cuthbert and Ewan Mackin. And also with the director and writer, Brendan Muldowney. Uh, we talk about haunted house stories, being more a- atmospheric over gory, and some awesome marketing ideas. So um, my first question is for Brendan. Uh, what was your inspiration for The seller?
4: The inspiration came from a short film I made years ago, uh, 2004 I made it. Um, and the inspiration for that short film was watching Robert Wise's The Haunting one night. And it just created this need in me to try and make a short film that was all atmosphere no gore so a horror film that was just dealing with atmosphere and i suppose you know i've always loved uh, 70s and 80s horror films as well so they probably came into it but there was also a comic strip in a in a comic i used to read years ago it was written by some of the uh, two judge dread writers um from 2000 ad it was called the 13th floor and it was a sort of a, uh, an elevator in a in a tower block that um Would it they didn't create the 13th floor out of superstition? But when this lift didn't like somebody, it was a sort of like a a Hal lift from um 2001. Um, when it didn't like someone, it would take them to this sort of 13th floor that was a sort of surreal place in in, in, as if it was outside of this world. So I suppose that was really where um the inspiration came from. And I also, what might if you see any of my previous films. They're pretty hardcore sort of films, and I wanted to make a film that was a bit of fun, you know. I wanted my daughter to be able to see it. I wanted to make, for once, a film that was, yeah. I mean, look, the thing about the atmosphere and the fun—they sort of go hand in hand, you know. You can, you don't have to upset people. Basically, is what I was, what I was trying to do this time.
0: And uh, well, that leads to my question for Elisha uh, and Owen. Um, what drew you to the movie?
3: Yeah, I. Uh... There was a lot of stuff. I I mean, one, just to be able to go off and and shoot a movie during the height of the pandemic was sort of surreal and amazing and special, and uh, there was not a a whole lot of people being able to do that, so that was remarkable. But I thought the film was uh, interesting in the perspective, especially for the female character, because with Kira, I felt, one, connected to the idea of protecting her child and going to... uh, you know, sort of the ends of the earth to to find her and being a mother myself, I felt like I knew that fear and wanted to draw on that sort of at this point in my career. So I thought that was really great. And I, I, I was fascinated by the sort of the cleverness in the writing and in the genre. And so, um, yeah, I was, I just, I really enjoyed the film when I read it. And then I had wonderful conversations with Brendan and his sort of, you um, backstory on the film and how it sort of came about from the short and yeah was just really intrigued and wanted to work with owen so there was there was a lot of levels there were a lot of reasons and a lot of things that drew me to the to the project
2: yeah i mean i i, I was the same as, as alicia was saying it, it was one of those things that when i read the script I, i'd wanted to work with brendan anyway for, for for quite a while but then i read the script and i thought the complexities to it but also it, it's such a sort of a a, a strong driving narrative but the you know as we were discussing earlier the kind of the the all the characters felt very grounded and very real and had like their own stories to them and and i thought that the relationship between between the the two of us was a really interesting to element to work on especially you know you know from a purely uh, a character standpoint be uh, playing a father who then kind of is powerless and actually um can't do anything and, and i really liked i really liked the fact that it, that brian actually isn't really able to do anything and, and it becomes all about all about and um, what what alicia has to go through in terms of she ends up being sort of the, the one who's able to solve everything and i liked i liked that that sense of sort of that inability to to actually understand what's going on and actually do anything from like from a male perspective i think was actually is really interesting to 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 lean into and emotion emotionally especially and um and yeah I really wanted to explore the, the 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 that relationship and and I just thought that the the kind of the script that Brendan had, had created was felt atmospheric on the page, and and I knew what he could do as a filmmaker when he does so I was really excited to kind of uh, to kind of be a part of that to be honest.
0: And uh, you two actually have great chemistry in the movie. Um, Thank you. Like uh, you've said, it's all atmospheric. There's really no gore, or jump scares, or anything like that. Um, lots of tension. You guys got it over very well. Did that chemistry come
2: naturally, or is it something you had to work at? It's uh, we had to work in it a lot. I mean, she's difficult to lead. <laughs>
3: <laughs> we got we got really lucky though because you know having to sort of be in this bubble during COVID and having to hunker down for two weeks prior uh, in quarantine. Um, I think that lended itself to some of the stuff that you see on screen. I think it, I think it definitely helped. It didn't hinder. It in any it's way. something
2: we don't get to do a lot whereby we actually got yeah. to get to know each other and talk about the, the kind of characters in a deeper level. Like you don't ever get two weeks because no. we have to, because of the, the COVID quarantine, you never get that time to really work on your kind of personal relations and character relations. And that's a really important part of it is kind of, you know, and no, it was sort it was, of,
3: definitely. yeah, in a way of life imitating the art because it yeah. was us actually on the property where you, you know, you see the house. We were, what, a hundred feet from, from the home um, yeah. that we were filming at. So those two weeks of sort of discovering the property and and uh, getting to know one another and, and really just being isolated there uh, was exactly like you know, our experience moving into this, this colossal home with this cellar, mm-hmm. you know?
2: Yeah, yeah. And
0: uh, going back to the atmospheric um, feel for the movie, and this is for Brendan, um, you explained why you wanted to do like no jump scares and you wanted it to be fun. Um, how important for you was it to get that feeling across?
4: You know, uh, I, you know, there is some jump scares in there and there is something in there that I call the slowest jump scare of all time, um, which is when the kid is in the cellar and something is very slowly appearing in the shadows behind them. <laughs> right. But, uh, you know, I have to say that now this is in completely separate to character, story, anything. Um, And I'm not sure it's going to answer your question, but I have to say as a filmmaker, you know, and, and in the past, I've made sure all my films, I've never tried to, as a director, like get in the way. So if a film calls for all handheld and no fancy sort of camera movements or stuff, that's what it's going to be. Um, and this was a real opportunity when you're making something that's atmospheric. It was a real opportunity for me to enjoy cinematic set pieces, which is one of the things, one of the reasons I got into filmmaking and one of the things I love, you know, um, so was it important? It was important, I suppose, to pull off these set pieces that edit together in a, in a cinematic way. I, you know what? It, the, the real simple answer is, is something that's not in the film anymore. Is that when I, where I grew up, up the mountains uh, in in Dublin here, there's a place called the Hellfire Club, and there's a sort of story, and I'm sure this same story is told all over the world, and it's where the hooded figure arrived at this gambling club one night and um, started playing poker, and the ace of spades was dropped on the ground, and someone looked under and saw that this person had a hoof, a hoof basically a cloven, a cloven hoof and it was the devil and I this story always terrified me as a kid so I suppose um I wanted to, ha- to have some sort of representation of a satanic or hellish figure but what drew me to him yeah he's pretty cool looking
3: <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah
0: yeah that's the best answer right there um I've uh always personally I've always thought that that math is the work of the devil
4: so I, I, I um, <laughs> to be the tagline. I love it. <laughs> um,
0: I don't think I've ever seen a horror movie where math plays such a big part of it. Now everything ties in and it all makes sense in it, but why did you have why was your story so math heavy? I thought it was really interesting to go that route.
4: Well, it was, you know, the, the obviously the counting sort of you know led me there. Um, and when I was trying to adopt it from the short film, I was Coming up, you have to come up with a bigger mythology than what the short film has. So I went through lots of different things from Irish mythology. There was we have this, you know, and I had druids and Balor. We had lots of Irish sort of stuff in it. But I, there was at one stage I went, no, that's not going to work. I just went, it has to be related to Matt. So that's what it was. I knew it had to be related, and it's, I'm I'm the same as you. I was there. Matt is not my thing. Um, and the first thing I Googled, though, with Matt, I must have Googled Matt's um, Supernatural or something. And the first thing that popped up was something called Evil Numbers,
2: mm. which
4: I was fascinated by. But now they're nothing to do. They're, they're not evil. Um, I didn't use them in the film. But, the, you know, you can see already I was going down a rabbit hole. I'm already very interested in quantum physics and um, things like string theory and stuff. So in a way, I, I think, you know, once something starts to touch on something that you're already interested in you naturally you know gravitate towards it so i think that's really where that came from
2: i think it's so clever what, what brendan what you did with that i mean because you know sometimes the horror films you, once you find out how to how to solve it or how to defeat the big bad or how to kind of get out of it so it becomes a little bit less scary and i thought that was what was so so terrifying by what you created with the seller is the fact that there is this world that essentially cannot you cannot escape from if you're sucked into it. There's no kind of way out around it and no one fully understands it. And that's in terms of like being able to being able to uh, get out of it or solve it. And I thought that's, that's one of the things that's really scary about the the kind of world you created there.
3: And permission to use math as the devil's work uh, in future interviews.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you. Thank
3: you. So don't be surprised if you see that sound bite from me. <laughs> oh,
0: I love it. Uh, if you can get it on a shirt, too, that'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. So uh, my final question for everybody was, um, The Cellar, it's a, it's a folk horror haunted house uh, movie, and people love these, and they will probably love them forever. Um, what do you think makes these types of stories so popular?
4: Well, I, you know, it's interesting, because Alicia was asked this earlier, and I was trying to think, you know, because, you know, you answered it very well. I was thinking myself, I, I think they're popular because they're set in the place where we're all supposed to be safe, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, it's the mundane of the home, but uh, I don't know, like, you know, I've seen like, I mean, there's so many different approaches to the haunted house. I mean, even the haunting is that's pure ghosts. It's a perfect setting, isn't it? It's just a perfect setting. Everybody's, most people have their guard down people sitting on the toilet people
0: in their pajamas. It's just
4: where you're most vulnerable.
0: And we're back. Thank you to the cast and crew from The Cellar. Check it out in theaters or on Shutter. We're continuing Exploitation Month this week, uh, taking it a little bit different. Uh, we're going back to 1996 and Space Truckers. It's the story of a space trucker who is tasked to deliver a mysterious uh, package to the planet earth along the way he forces a woman to become his fiance, and <laughs> is joined by another trucker um space trucker i guess we should set the table for this so directed by uh, Stuart gordon who's oh yes reanimator from, from beyond from beyond castle freak too. castle freak yeah, yeah done d- d- some amazing stuff we have uh dennis hopper yes he's <laughs> in one of your favorites second like chance of massacre 2 uh, yeah, yeah. blue velvet that's <laughs> <laughs> great accurate yeah, yeah yeah uh apocalypse now i mean shit apocalypse apocalypse now uh debbie debbie mazar is not maybe the most household name but uh but you'll recognize her shit you absolutely recognize Goodfellas, she's in Good, that now, right, right yeah a big friend of madonna i, I know that. Oh, is that right okay but, that. uh and then we have george went norm <laughs> <laughs> that that's this? right <laughs> We have quite, we really do have Steven Dorff. Don't leave out Steven Stephen Stephen Dorff. Dorf. How can I leave out Steven Dorff? Yes, yes. Uh, we have, this is a, like a really, especially for Stuart Gordon, this <laughs> is like a pretty big cast. So uh. this movie, it's uh <laughs> <laughs> Where do we start? Well, I guess so. Watching the movie, it was really weird. So the opening to me, I was like, wow, this is, you can tell this is a bigger budget than he's ever used. I, I guess so. Yes. So, like there was parts of it where I was like, "Well, wow, this kind of looks like you know a, a Hollywood picture, right?" And there was parts of it where I was like, "Yeah, this is the dude who did Reanimator. <laughs> <laughs> <It,
1: laughs> so, uh, first off, I have there's I have no idea how this movie has slipped by me all these years. I, I had no idea this existed when I put it on and I saw who was in it. I was like, "You've got to be fucking kidding me." The tagline is "Earth's only hope," which makes really no sense, but I guess it does. The miniatures, like Stuart Gordon, one of the things I love about Stuart Gordon is like he loves practical effects. Man, he 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 yeah. always wants to use practical stuff, and so so like the miniatures, the space station, the the ships and stuff, like they're all pretty cool. And yeah, you can tell they're like that wasn't some cheap shit to make. Uh, I wonder if this is like one of his
0: biggest budget movies. It had to have been. It just it has to have been. been. And just to throw some numbers out there, we're talking about Tom Cruise earlier. Uh, oh yeah. This movie, uh, twenty-five million dollar budget, uh, didn't even make back two million. Oh, <laughs> big time flop. Uh, twenty-five million bucks. Wow. Yeah, to two million gross. I mean, but if you think about it, like um, as you know great of an actor as, uh, uh dennis hopper is and steven dorf is all the stuff that he's known these weren't really like you know top of the poster actors no that's true uh, it's it's a. Uh, I i mean they could deliver some good stuff and oh i won't we'll get into the movie right now but um i mean when debbie mazar is your your romantic lead i mean she's always been kind of like a, background a side
1: character. side girl yeah yeah Yeah. well and like but i mean dennis hopper to me is i mean dennis hopper is an icon iconic guy you know easy easy writer writer, writer. yeah Yeah, exactly um but yeah this movie it feels it feels real second rate like brand x like there's like oh you want craft singles or do you want like this single
0: cheese (laughs) you want craft with a c yeah yeah. two f's
1: crafty, Ooh, crafty. <laughs> yeah yeah. That, this is the crafty cheese of of, of sci-fi space trucking movies although of uh, uh, kind of a cool idea I've always like uh, one of my favorite gold games back in the day is called Freelancer where you're, you're literally just kind of space trucking around delivering stuff and smuggling cargo like Han Solo and stuff so like I like the idea I like the premise but um, and then we get Charles Dance right Charles Dance is in this as so like a yeah.
0: A uh, cyborg <laughs> fucking sex beat, yeah, having some reanimator stuff going through,
1: very much so. I was yeah. wondering if you, yeah, if you, yeah, you that's, say anything? Yep. that's what
0: I thought it was totally
1: <laughs> yeah. pulsing with green fluid, yes,
0: yeah, yeah. it was. That was a really cool little throwback. Um, I think the thing with this movie and the concept is great, really cool effects. Um, then there's some good moments in it. But um, I mean, it's the direct comparison is Spaceballs. Oh yeah, I guess so.
4: And, uh, yeah. Um,
0: the uh, um, but I mean, we'll kind of this will kind of keep it on its own because the thing is, it's nothing like. If you were to say like, yeah, it's this sci-fi comedy where a dude drives like basically a rig in space, and he has this oddball character, and this woman he loves doesn't really like him, then you're like, oh, Spaceballs. <laughs> well, like, well you know what i would say like it actually it if you put if you
1: told me hey space truckers is in the same universe as Bab- of uh as a uh, fifth element i would totally get i would say oh okay oh, that, yeah that's a that, that's better
0: parallel yeah
1: yeah i think it's like lives in that universe because it's like this like there's taxi cabs and trucker trucks like in space
0: <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> actually know? yeah
1: yeah so it's got that kind of vibe and so if, if, if that was kind of your thing, if Fifth Element was kind of like your, your thing, then I actually think there's some kind of, yeah, allure to this. It's also re- kind of reminded me of, like, the scenes in space from
0: MST3K, like, when they're on the ship. <laughs> it absolutely does. And uh, <laughs> you just mentioned video games. You know, I got yeah. um, some Mass Effect vibes from it. because okay. the. So this is from 96, so we're just going to talk about yeah, it. Later. Yeah, yeah so um the the shipment turns out to be these like death killer robots, robots. Yeah. yeah killer robots they kind of look like the geth from mass effect oh um, okay they they looked almost exactly like them and then the uh, armor that they're wearing like the, the soldiers are wearing they're very much like n7 armor almost <laughs> like it's the red oh, and the black yeah. So, um uh, I mean, that's the, I'm not going to go wild like Andy does on the game <laughs> <laughs> comparisons, but like I, I was like, oh, yeah, oh, Mass Effect. And then, but like, that was the extent of it. I was like, oh, yeah, there's Shepard and like, yeah. No. But, yeah, uh, you, you know, Stuart Gordon's typically
1: got a pretty good eye for the, spe- for like the, the costuming and special effects. And like, I, I actually thought some of the visuals in this, in this was were, was pretty cool, especially for 96. I mean, this movie, it feels as old as it is. Yeah. In, its, in its looks, but it it does look cool. I, I will say, like I thought the uh, like how they get Debbie Mazar in a like like bra top and underwear for the entire rest of the movie, really hilarious. And but like how uncomfortable did everybody look in their their costumes? Yeah, like like,
0: like at first it's kind of like okay, they're pushing the romantic uh, tension. Yeah, like like I understood where it was going. And it's very typical for that that era. Sure. um but then it just kind of like well like you said it's the rest of the movie basically yeah. so it was kind of like man that's
2: right. I know, I this, like, okay Stuart. Right, yeah going? it's like yeah
0: like, well we know you know you're you, you had a decapitated head eat out barbara crampton at one point, but this is, <laughs> this is your pg-13 version of that but just, right. <laughs> the the uh, and Barbara Crafton's in this too. She is. She yeah, is. doing an awesome New York accent. Oh God, Bar- I love Barbara Crafton. <laughs> She's awesome. Um, the uh, and this movie it does have the trucker music. Yes, it does. <laughs> you know trucker you know, lingo. Trucker lingo, and you know it's really cool because like the only thing I didn't like about the but I don't like this in any movie, but it's like uh, space truckers is cool. But like they're like, what are you a space lawyer? Uh, let me get my let me get my space dinner. <laughs> so, I gotta go get this space and drink the space soda right now. <laughs> yeah, totally. I hate that. <laughs> it was fucking
1: super stupid. And like, let's be real, you, you mentioned it at the top of the fucking review here, but like the whole point of this movie is Debbie Mazar is trying to get to Earth to see her mother, and Dennis Hopper has blackmailed her. not blackmail, but he's he's extorting her for marriage
0: he's coerced her into it (laughs) It, it's he's holding her hostage essentially
1: yeah but like there's that one scene with debbie where she's like oh but he's he's such a sweet guy i'm trying to keep my end of the park
0: (laughs) it's hilarious and it's even funny like um and especially nowadays like people like people who are younger and see they would absolutely rip this apart but like oh yeah he Dennis Hopper's character, uh John Canyon, I think it's his is John Canyon, which is an amazing name. He yeah. he lets her know that you know what, your obligation, I'm I'm releasing <laughs> you. Bro. It's all good. Do what you want to do. And, and to that he means marry Stephen Dorf. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But then he
1: does say, hey.
0: As soon as you get to Earth, you better marry this girl. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, people would like, if this was like uh, cast nowadays with, I don't know, Tom Cruise and I don't know, Jennifer Lawrence and somebody else, <laughs> people would tear this movie to shreds. Oh for my God. Just man. that. This would be the subject of Last Night Tonight and all kinds of articles on Polygon. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> <So>
0: <laughs> we'd, be, we'd be so upset by this, especially. When uh, Dennis Hopper at the very end uh, falls in love with Barbara Crampton, who's oh, yeah. been uh, who got really sick and was frozen, so right. she's eternally young and beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't like her as a person because he's only seen her picture. It's yeah, strange. right.
1: But then, like, she wakes up and or, like they go into the room and she's like, "Well, who's this hunk?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. And it's Dennis Hopper, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> who doesn't look like Easy Rider Dennis Hopper when I guess that's when he was at his. Uh, his his peak in regards to comeliness yeah (laughs) it wasn't all that great back then
1: yeah exactly no you might be better off with the guy with the pussy wagon car and the that's been having sex with you in your coma the
0: uh you you mentioned the the space pirates um Mm. I thought that, that, that scene, it, it's a bulk of the movie. It's like, it's basically all of the movie. Oh, there. yeah, it's basically. All but um, all. I thought that the captain was the best character. And I thought he was great. Oh, he was super cool. Way the fuck over the top. Um, <laughs> yep.
1: <laughs> way fucking over the top. And like, his whole, like, he's got this, like, um, kind of like Nazi fucking SS vibe to his whole, like, Appeal. And first of all, come on, bro, if you're going to fucking build an entire army of killer robots, like, can you program them into them that they won't ever just kill you? <laughs>
0: yeah, It's like this is set sometime in the, I would say, 22nd or 23rd century. It's right. Like, haven't you ever seen RoboCop? Yeah. <laughs> you can't, they can't turn on you. you. They can't program them to turn
1: on you and you specifically. But no, he, he walks into the president of the world and is like, hey, here's this remote control. They'll kill everybody but you <laughs> if you got this remote control. <laughs> <laughs> and then the fucking president immediately uses on him and turns him into a fucking freak space pirate.
0: It's great, and it's funny too because the president, like, he doesn't just turn on him immediately. It's kind of—I mean, it doesn't take you know ten minutes, but it's like a no. there can't be any loose ends. Yeah, you're right. And when I loose ends, I mean you. Yeah, I did it. <laughs> yeah. and you know what that means, right? Uh, i think so yeah yeah i'm going to have to kill you now right <laughs> like, he, he all but literally says it <laughs> yeah no it's a kind of a fucking hilarious scene
2: it's and really so funny.
1: when he when he shows back up in full uh reanimated uh cy- cyborg form uh it's just it's super great i i actually yeah i i love the the Nazi space pirates they were great
0: i thought it was cool like the uh like that's the first thing that i thought like he had this nazi thing going that chomping on a cigar yeah had the leather jacket the ss hat like he's mm. he's a very imposing character he walks with a limp. like mm. and yeah, then starts, yeah and then he starts to um undress because he's a he's basically gonna rape debbie and-
1: <laughs> <laughs> well she offers it up she's like literally like hey i'm gonna i will have sex with you if you just let me get to earth or whatever he's like oh well
0: yeah, Sexy yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I guess that's uh I don't know how you can't a peg below rape, maybe kind of
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> it's yeah. a very heavily coerced uh sexual He winds uh, wants,
1: wants sir. <laughs> he very oh. much so.
0: Um and then oh. once he starts like taking off the jacket and stuff, it's actually really cool because he's mm-hmm. he's buff half of his body is cybernetic. Yeah. <laughs> his buttocks are through metal Med, type metal metalloid, <laughs> yeah, this is a really cool thing, and then uh when he tries to get it on, and and I will say this about like Stuart Gordon is a really funny guy, like he does some yeah. really good stuff, but the comedy was a little off in this movie until it <laughs> got to this part, and then it just it's like this is when it really found its groove with his lawnmower pulled, calm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Got pull his lawnmower and, and then he has to recalibrate the uh what does he call him The uh I don't know, he, yeah. he has to recalibrate his dick to where it works. <laughs> yeah. right. right.
1: Yes. He, has, he has
0: ED for a split second. He has ED, right? And it's just and it's it's played for last, but there's still this tension to it. It's really funny. And then, <laughs> and then he uh, proceeds to go to have rape with her. Yeah, and then he has rape with her, and then she pulls out the reanimator fluid, and then they show you the stuff that he's working with. Like before this, you just see the hand motions. You're right. Freaked out by it, you kind of have to imagine it nope uh, they show it i mean it's not this full-on crazy long like no it's it's the pg-13 movie
1: right yeah it actually looks much like just like some gear works
0: <laughs> yeah it doesn't look all that but it's kind of out of the fact that they even show that much i was like wow and then you can yeah. really be like holy shit he was gonna do use that up <laughs> yeah exactly before that though i was kind of like Man, like it, it just really wasn't working with me like i was like is this supposed to be funny like because oh i don't know dennis hopper it it, it seemed like we're casting dude weird
1: weird weird humor weird dialogue and like to say dennis hopper is like was the wrong choice for this role is like such an understatement like i love dennis hopper but like he is so weird and awkward and his lines are delivered so strangely and like actually everybody's lines are delivered really strangely like steven dorf you could not have told me steven dorf would go on to be a successful actor if i would just seen this like he's pretty bad in this like all his lines are real shitty like i don't know like it's it was supposed definitely supposed to be funny i think this was supposed to be like this weird quirky like you know buckaroo bonsai fucking weird romp and it's not it's like It's got, like, the humor there, but it's just, you're kind of just going, like, well, I'm just going to keep watching this, because I have to see how this fuck, what happens next, because this is a goofy fucking, this is just kind of a goofy shit show.
0: Yeah, it's kind of all, and Dennis Hopper, it's really funny because, uh, like, his action scenes are so lazy. I I don't don't know if he was being lazy or if he was kind of going, but like, his first big thing is he punches a dude in the face, but it's just, like, a, a short punch to the face. Like, that's yeah, But, uh, you know, it's like, whatever. And then later in the movie, when, like, all, all, all hell's breaking loose, this guy charges at him, and he kind of just sidesteps him, and the yep. guy just goes by. He's yeah. super lazy. He just, like, takes a step to the left.
1: The yeah. yeah. Oh, and, like, let's talk about how awkward, like, they get around the ship. Like, every this movie was so fucking awkward, because, like, there's not anti-gravity. They're wearing, like, magnet boots all the time. Yeah, and so like all their movement is really fucking strange, but then they're like, we're supposed to believe it's like anti gravity, but then they're like popping a six pack and crushing six pack canned can beers, like with without beer floating away. Like I don't know, dude.
0: This movie was so weird. <laughs> and, and that part, I'm glad you mentioned that because that part specific when he's like, "Oh, look what I brought." So I thought he was gonna like bust out with some weed, but yeah. then he, he <laughs> pulls up space weed, some space. <laughs> but then uh, he brings out the space beer, and then I thought they would open the cans and the beer would come out.
1: Right, like, right. That's what I was
0: like, so I was very disappointed. Yeah, but no, they just take a sip and they're like, "Hmm." <laughs> <laughs> I also thought it was like so. Norm gets pretty big credit in this. He's a very yeah. small
1: part. Oh, like, barely. He gets his, his getting his ass sucked out the porthole was actually pretty hilarious. It looked really cool,
0: but uh, I kept expecting him to come back. <laughs> Oh, I know for all his top billing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, and it just, you know, you don't, he, I mean, he gets, it's pretty spectacular the way he gets sucked out into space, but yeah, you're like, uh, oh, he's going to be on this, this pirate ship. Maybe he's even the cybernetic dude somehow. I don't know. But, right. Uh, the fact that he didn't come back was kind of disappointing to me. And I thought they like the pigs, they showed him in the beginning. Oh yeah. And they, they looked really disgusting, but I thought they would play a bigger role in it all. Like I, even as like more visual gags, I was kind of surprised they used them so little.
1: Yeah. It was funny. I, I, it's funny to say, I wish there was a little bit more random space trucking to happen before our, the events of, of the film. I, I could go for some wacky side uh, space trucking adventures with Dennis Opera and, and space pigs, who rectangular space pigs, rectangular space pigs were
0: stuffed R- into their teeth, cu- cu- cubed I guess cubed space pigs. Yeah, cubed space. That's right. um, yeah. Like you're because the uh, well the part on the pirate ship, the space pirate ship was really awesome. All that was really yeah, cool. Was just, I did like that. Yeah, but um, I think the movie would have been better as a whole if they're especially since it's called Space Truckers, right. Uh, and because they have the music they have the wacky characters it's like the the space station is kind of like a truck stop so yeah like, it has this really cool feel to it And the like the idea is there but nothing just comes across like it should until the lawnmower dick part but at that point like if the movie's like almost over so
1: yeah i just i really like the part where they're like they're i don't know what the fuck they're driving there's like the space highway thing well they I don't know in the whole vastness of space, why these like their pursuit crashes into the things that puts it directly anyway. The, the, he does some real fine space truck driving only <laughs> yeah. to be only to be thwarted by Black Rock as he delivers the lines. <laughs> so well.
0: scream he screams black rock and then he's cool. Yeah, <laughs> he, he just <laughs> puts he puts down like the, the, the bar seatbelt thing to keep uh, uh, Debbie Mazar in place. But yeah. it's just like Black Rock, Black and Rock, that's and that's it. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> space Truckers. Space it's truckers, uh, on Prime Video right now. For uh, C- Tubi. Tubi. Oh, it's also on Tubi. Yeah. yeah. Okay. See uh, or no see Space Truckers.
1: See or no see Space Truckers. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you'd ever watch this movie or what, what would make you want to. Maybe this review. But uh, it's really weird. It's such a weird movie. But I think if you like Stuart Gordon uh, and you like <laughs> you like Dennis Hopper and Stephen Dorff, uh, check it out. It's it's worth it for its quirkiness. I think. Uh, again, this is like the week of. Don't expect too much.
0: Yeah, very much so. Don't expect much out of this movie. There's no like Heineken. Uh, fuck that shit. Paps Blue River. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> You don't get that moment, unfortunately, but uh, you did get a long, a lawnmower dick out of it. Which is uh, and Barbara Crampton in a New York <laughs> accent. So so it's, uh, it's a tough watch, but I mean, it's it's worth your time as long as you have something else to do. In the meantime, uh, um, every Saturday you can find us here. We're a part of the Morbidly Beautiful Podcast Network where they have all sorts of horror-themed podcasts, including ourselves. You can drop us a line. Maybe you have some space trucking stories or you could tell us some Australian zombie movie stories. Uh, we have an open review policy. Anything you want to let us know, please drop us a line.
1: Drop us a line. You can do that over on the Twitters and the Adventure, or was it Adventures in Movies? No, it was Adventures. What's our Twitter?
0: Uh, adventures in Mo One. Well, adventures
1: in Mo One. We didn't put that on the screen. Yeah. Uh, and Instagram at Adventures and Movies. You can find Nathaniel, we call him Patrick. He's on Instagram at Nathan Portase. You can find Danny on Twitter and Instagram at default underscore player. That dude's out there hucking art all over the city of El Paso. You can find him and buy some stuff from him. He would greatly appreciate it. Uh, you can find me, Blake, on Twitter at 4 horror if you ever want to get in touch with me. And next week, boy, weird week, uh, we're going to be doing some European Eastern European animation and also some Nazi Mexico trucking. Tune in <laughs> tune in for that.
0: If you don't want to watch that, there's something listen to that. There's something wrong with you. And we still have a giveaway going on. Uh Dan, Blake's talked about Danny's art. He's gonna have an original piece of horror art that he's gonna be giving away. Blake's also gonna be throwing in a shirt from his brewery. Um, I will announce some of the stuff that I'll be adding to that horror box, but what we're giving away in the time being is a uh, movie called Clean. It stars Academy Award winner Adrian Brody. It's an action thriller about a guy who was in the underground criminal underground decides to get out of it, and you know how that turns out. So, drop us a line on Twitter or Instagram, uh, Morbidly Beautiful, and you're automatically entered into the giveaway. You can find us on Apple Podcasts. You can go to Spotify. You can go to Amazon Music, wherever they keep fine podcasts, you will find us there. Or you could just go to Morbidly Beautiful. Wherever you listen to us, make sure to give us a rating or just tell a friend to listen. And that's our cue. We will talk to you next week. Adios. Let's keep on trucking one more week.